So uh, this year, the uh, I didn't even know this. Uh, somebody told me this just recently that the NFL, uh, I guess they they changed their schedule a little bit for this this past season. Uh, for the first time, every team played 17 regular season games. Um, because of that, they had to extend the season. And because of that, they had to push the Super Bowl back a week. Uh, for the last, I don't know, 15 or 16 years, the Super Bowl's been on the first uh, Sunday of February. Well, it's not this year, obviously. It's, it's next Sunday. Um, anyway, there was this guy who uh, I guess was unaware, he was unaware of the change with the Super Bowl. So he put out this um, online post, I guess. It's kind of interesting, this is what he said. I have two tickets to the Super Bowl, club level tickets, amazing seats. I paid $10,000 for both tickets, but I didn't realize last year when I bought them, it was going to be the same day as my wedding. If you're interested, I'm looking for someone to take my place. It's at St. Matthew's Church in Chicago <laughs> at 2 p.m. She'll be the one in white. Uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, so, uh, Think about, if you would, and this might be more of kind of like a generational question, might be the, the older people who would have a better handle on this, but uh, do you remember the first record, like album, you ever bought uh, when you were a kid? The first one of your own? Um, and I guess what, what that would even look like would really depend on how old you are. Um, the first one I got, it was a, um, like a big LP vinyl record. Uh, if you were, I don't know, 20 years younger than me, then it was probably would have been a CD, right? Um, today, I guess would, you just sort of like, like download an album. Um, but when I got mine, it was, uh, yeah, it was a big, it was a double album actually, this LP. It was uh, Bruce, it was this Bruce Springsteen album, it was called The River. And uh, see, it was 1980, so I was 15, and it's a great album. Um, I loved it. I still do. Um, and it totally got me hooked on Bruce. Two years after that, um, he comes out with another album, and I'm very excited about it. I've been kind of anticipating it. And I ran right out, and I, I bought it, and uh, was very disappointed because um, it was very different than the previous album, very different than The River, uh, very kind of dark and somber, very minimal. It's just uh, Bruce pretty much playing guitar and harmonica and just him singing. The band isn't part of it, E Street Band. It's very stark, uh, totally what I wasn't hoping for or expecting. So anyway... I guess I probably listened to the, to the album three or four times, and then I just gave up on it. I was like, I just don't like it. Um, so that was, that was 1982. Fast forward, I don't know, maybe 20 years, and I'm, uh, I'm in the car one night, and I'm driving, and I'm listening to this 
program, radio program, and it's this guy and he's talking about Bruce. So I'm loving that. And he gets to this section where he starts talking about that album, Nebraska, the one that I ditched. And he uh, started playing a couple of songs from it. But before he'd play them, the DJ or the, the host of the show, he'd kind of explain what the song meant and what Bruce was trying to do with that in the writing of that particular song. And they kind of started making sense to me. And I, and I was actually sort of enjoying even the, the sound of these songs, which I couldn't even tolerate 20 years before. And maybe that was part of it. Maybe I was, you know, 20 years older. Sometimes as you get older, you just appreciate stuff in different ways. So I went out and I bought, uh, I bought the CD, at that point, version of Nebraska. And I loved it. Started listening to it. It's not my favorite, but I really do enjoy it. I just see it very differently now than I did first time around. I think that happens a lot, doesn't it? Like with things in life, you know, you, you saw a movie when you were a kid and you didn't like it and a bunch of years later it's on TV and you decide to watch it and you're like, wow, this is actually, it's actually better than I remember, like it's pretty good. Maybe it's a, a book that you read or, or, or music. Maybe it's a person, somebody that you initially, you kind of wrote them off, said like, I'm not, yeah, I don't really like this person. And then you get another occasion to meet him or her and you, you know, you're like, wow, you know, they were kind of nice. Like maybe, maybe I had them, maybe I was wrong. You kind of discover something else. I think that should always happen with scripture, especially the gospels, because we, we kind of know them the most, I think, because we hear them the most. It's like, I heard this story 500 times. I know it. I know how it begins, I know how it ends. You're thinking like, I don't know, I don't think there's much more I can get from it. And on 501, you hear something. You notice something from this story you've heard so many times. Like, wow, like I, I never caught that first time around. Well, the first 500 times around. I think God reveals things to us. Sometimes after we've dismissed them. It definitely happened with this gospel for me. That clip that we just showed, I watched that a couple of days ago, and I saw something in that scene that I had never really thought about in hearing this gospel and reading and even preaching this gospel. It's something Jesus does in that scene. He walks into the water. It's kind of crazy looking. He's like fully clothed, and he just walks, wades right into this lake. I don't know, I always just thought, I just figured the boat was on the shore. Like it was pulled up and it was on the sand. Or maybe it was docked somewhere. And he, all he had to do was just sort of take a step and lift up his leg and step into the boat. But in that scene from the movie, it's like, no, he's not 
The boat's not there. The boat's 20 feet out. So he goes walking toward it. It's interesting also, and very important, I think, in that scene. Like, he gets to the boat, but he can't really get in it on his own. He says to Peter, give me a hand. Like, it's too high up, the boat. He can't hoist himself up. Peter's looking at him. Well, first, but even before that, Peter's looking at him like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you coming over to me in the water? And why do you want to get in my boat? So he's kind of like, go away. And Peter, uh, Jesus' hand puts out his hand, and then something happens with Peter. He, he grabs his hand, and he pulls him in. Peter lets Jesus in the boat. He doesn't get in the boat unless somebody pull, pulls him in. Remember the movie uh, Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks? He's this uh, captain of this huge tanker, and these Somali pirates seize the boat. Jesus is not a pirate. Jesus doesn't seize the boat. He approaches the boat. He asks if, if he can get in the boat, but he doesn't seize it. He only gets in the boat if we pull him in, if we reach out to his extended hand. And if we do, when we do, look what happens next. The scene in the movie, the gospel we just heard proclaimed, Jesus starts giving orders. Jesus starts telling, telling Peter what to do, where to go, where to fish, where to throw the net. Peter's like, no. First of all, that's not the place to go get fish. Second of all, you're a carpenter. What do you know about fishing? I'm the fisherman. Why are you telling me to do something that makes no sense? But then Peter does it. Peter's like shaking his head, thinking this is kind of crazy, but he does it. And he scores big. Like, crazy big. More fish than he ever caught. It almost sank the boat. Here's the point. If we choose to let him in our boat, our choice, number one, he's not seizing it, He's not a pirate. If we choose to let him in, he's going to start giving us marching orders. And more often than not, they're going to seem a little crazy. They're not really going to make sense. But if we listen to those orders, we're just going to win big. We always do when we listen to him. I saw, uh, I think it was yesterday, on the news there was this uh, interesting story, this pizzeria in this little town in Utah burned down, kind of like totally destroyed this building. Had been in, in this town for, for 60 years, family-owned business. It was a small town. There was one other, there were two pizzerias in the town. The other one was very recent. So there's only, there were only two, now there's one. Man, for the guy, for the new guy, it's like, I got no more competition. 
I'm the, I'm the only show in town. Like, sorry for your troubles, but man, this is like I hit the jackpot. If you want pizza in this town, you gotta come to me. You know what the guy did? The pizzeria who, who, who burned down, I guess they had, they had like 500 pizza boxes left over. They weren't where the fire was. So what the, the new pizza guy said was, give me your boxes and I'll put my pizzas in your boxes and we'll advertise your place. And we'll get a GoFundMe thing going for you to get you back on your feet. And we'll print out a flyer and we'll put it on every one of our boxes. And that's what they did. You, so you help, you help the competition? Like who does that? Don't we always want to beat our competitors? Well, we do, but maybe not at all cost in every way. So this guy helps his competitor get back on his feet. Well, that's, I think, what happens when you let him in your boat. I remember reading this story about a, it was a nursing home out in San Francisco. This was about, I think, a dozen years ago. And it was a terrible nursing home, filthy, awful place. And it was shut down. The state came in and they failed all these multiple violations, failed these inspections. So they shut it down. And they said, in the next two weeks, we're going to relocate all to the, to the residents that were there to other safe places. Well, this, the owners of this nursing home, who were pretty awful, said, no, no, we're shutting down now. We're not giving you two weeks. So on the spot, they closed the place. And they let all the staff go. They fired them. And they just left. And you had these... There were 20 residents in this nursing home, completely dependent people that were now on their own. Nobody was there except two. Two staff members stayed, the cook and uh, the janitor. And they continued to work. They didn't get paid, but they continued to remain there until eventually the state showed up and came to the rescue. But for a couple of days, these two guys just maintained this place, knowing they weren't getting paid. They were like, well, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna leave these poor people on their own? Well, pff, everybody else did, except these two. So you, you go to work even though you're not getting paid? That doesn't make sense. That's like fishing in a crazy place. Yeah, but that's what you do when you let them in your boat, you say things like, well, yeah, I want to get paid and I can't do this long term, but I'm not turning my back on these people because they deserve respect. That's what Christians do. And yeah, I want to make a lot of money with my pizza business, but not this way. Let me help this guy get back on his feet and then we'll compete. That's what Christians do. You know, when I used to work... Before I came to Long Beach, uh, I worked uh, on the college campuses. I've mentioned this a bunch of times. I was at Hofstra and Adelphi, and we do these um, mission trips over spring break. 
Think about a college kids, spring break, like when college kids are acting like morons on the beach, wherever. And I'd get like 15 or 20 of these kids who were like, yeah, we're gonna go to um, Central America, some like desperately poor place, and we're gonna just help serve people. Joe, Joe, you were in Belize, with, we were in Belize, right? When Joe was at uh, Hofstra. Sean, where'd you go? I know you were here in Long Beach. Did you go, where else did you go? Where's that? Oh, Mexico? Okay. I, I didn't say Mexico. Where's Mexico? Julia, did you go anywhere? Don't tell me you were hanging out on the beach. <laughs> What'd you say? Where'd you go? You didn't go anywhere? Okay. Weren't they amazing experiences? Like, I'll never forget this. Experiences. When everybody else around you guys was like, again, not everybody, but many just being a fool, you guys were like, well, hey, you guys had fun. They were fun trips. It wasn't like all work 24-7. But they were awesome experiences. Eye-opening. They put things in perspective. You come back from men, you think, man, look at the stuff I whine and complain about. And these people got pretty much nothing. Compared to them, I've got everything. So I got to stop being a baby. I ought to be more grateful than I am. And like your heart got bigger and your perspective grew. And you weren't a fool on the beach somewhere on a spring break. Well, that's what people do when you let them in the boat. Come on, that pizza guy? Do you think that's a story? I think that's a national story if it's just about a guy whose pizzeria burned down. It's like, yeah, sorry, but like, so what? That became a story. I'm telling you about it because of what the other guy did. I think when we let him in the boat, our boat, our lives, and we take his orders, it makes us different. And we make a difference. We become the pizza guy or that janitor, or that cook. We make lives better. You know, there was a line at the, uh, in that scene. It's a quick little back and forth with Jesus and Peter. Um, and it's actually not even in the gospel. It was a little bit of, I guess, uh, artistic license from the guy who made the movie. Jesus says to Peter, he's in the boat at this point, and he looks at Peter and he goes, give me an hour and I'll give your... And she says, give me an hour and I'll give you a whole new life. Give me an hour and I'll give you a whole new life. And Peter says, who said I want one? Who said I want a new life? Hey, we're all guilty of that at times. Like, hey, I'm content with what I've got and I don't want to change my life. That person that I've written off, I've dismissed the way I got, I ditched the album. I ditched this person and I realized the closer I get to Jesus the more I'm gonna to have to revisit that and maybe give that person another shot and I don't want to do that so I don't I don't pull him into the boat because if I do that I'm gonna to have to revisit that person I like Jesus but I like him at a distance so I think we all ask that question at times like who says I want a new life we all want a new life 
not a completely new life, but we want to be better. We wouldn't be sitting here tonight if we didn't want to be better and we didn't want to be different and more. So take his hand. Pull him into the boat. 